speaking of the world, I mentioned off the air to Rabbi Schneier a moment ago that um, <laughs> we're going next week to the UAE. Uh, but he did all the hard work. He did all the uh, all the difficult work that needed to be done in order to forge relationships in the United Arab Emirates over the last many years. He's described some of that for us uh, here on JM and the AM over the years. And now next week we get to be the uh, beneficiaries of all that. And he, please God, will join us at some point in the UAE. So uh, aside from this morning's conversation, we'll have an opportunity to speak to him there on the spot, please God, before the holiday of Hanukkah. And we're very much uh, anticipating that. Uh, Rabbi Mark Schneier, founding rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue. Welcome back to JM in the AM. It's great. By the way, that Melech Ozer has a real Dubai beat. You have to play it when you get to UAE. Love it. It, Love does, it. it does have a Middle Eastern flavor, doesn't no it? No question. No question. Particular no question. for the Gulf region, you would say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, it's spot on. One thing I can attest to after having been in your synagogue, you know your music, that I can say. <laughs> and you certainly surround yourself with some musical experts, to say the least. Thank so, you. <laughs> especially your cantor, who is so beloved yeah. by so many. Um, so, I mean, look, look, I mean, all this happens, and now we're at a point just a couple of months later, because remember, this was September the 15th in uh, in Washington at the White House. Now, a couple of months later, you know, we're hearing the figures that 50,000 people are going to be visiting from Israel to the uh, UAE just this month, uh, in the upcoming month of December. And, and of course, we know, I mean, just, it's quite obvious that there are people from the U.S. and other parts of the world who are going there as well. I mean, what's it like for you when you seriously look back at the hard work and the relationships that you have been uh, forging all these years, and now you see Jews from everywhere being able to take advantage of going to the UAE? Look, it's a thrilling sense of accomplishment, but I also acknowledge that in terms of the arithmetic, it's two down, four to go. We have UAE, we have Bahrain, uh, but we still have to work on Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Kuwait, and Oman to have a full recognition by the Gulf states of Israel, full normalization ties. And that's another reason why I'm going. Yes, we'll see each other in Dubai, and um thrilled I'm being honored. The Emiratis have um, decided to translate uh, my book, Sons of Abraham, which is the definitive text in Muslim-Jewish relations into Arabic. Wow. They're developing a whole curriculum for youth and students around the book so that the next generation of leaders in the Gulf um, will not only have greater understanding and tolerance, but particularly when it comes to uh, relations between Muslims and Jews, when we can celebrate our commonalities. So, yes, I'll be in Dubai, but then you know, I'm off to Bahrain, I'm off to other uh, Gulf countries you know, to continue you know, this journey. Um, again, two down, four to go. Um, how would you describe those four? Will they be? Will it be much more difficult uh, for Israel and those countries to have what now Israel and Bahrain and what Israel and the UAE have? No, I, I think it'll be simpler. I think you're going to see a domino effect. Uh, I do believe that these countries will wait until um, President-elect Biden is in office, until there is a new administration. Um, ironically, a Joe Biden may be more successful with Saudi Arabia uh, than the Donald Trump because 
Biden and the Saudis are very much on the same page when it comes to the Palestinian uh, people, when it comes to their plight, when it comes to their advancement. Uh, I don't necessarily believe it has to be in terms of land and territory. It could be in terms of economic advancement and economic empowerment, which was very much a theme of the conference I attended in Bahrain last year that was called by uh, Jared Kushner, uh, Peace to Prosperity. Um, but there needs to be some movement when it comes to Saudi Arabia and Qatar on the Palestinian issue. And that's, I find that a President Biden is more in concert with these countries uh, than a uh, Donald Trump. Interesting. Right. Mark Schneier is with us. A lot of people thought that uh, it was the Trump factor that finally made this happen with the UAE. And, and we're not denying any any credit that he deserves. But you're saying don't think just because he's not in office or won't be in office. Don't think that's the end of all this. Even a Democratic administration, as you just described, could certainly endorse and promote this type of arrangement, this type of agreement. Look, at the Abraham Accord signing at the White House, and there I was sitting in the very first row with the Bahrainian delegation. If you listen attentively to the addresses of both the foreign ministers of UAE and Bahrain, they devoted a good part of their talk to the plight of the Palestinian people. And it's wrong for those pundits who suggest that Gulf leaders do not care and no longer concern about the plight of the Palestinian people. Yes, they are concerned about the existentialist threat of Iran. Right. There are certain economic challenges now in the Gulf because of the diminishing demand for oil. Um, what a wonderful partnership between the Gulf and Israel in terms of combating COVID-19. There are many, many examples of cooperation, but it is just dead wrong to assume that they are not concerned with the plight of the Palestinians, and they want to see some movement on that issue. Right. The question is how much movement and what type of movement. But as you say, I guess we'll have to wait for the next administration to find out uh, those details. Uh, what are your feelings about being there on Hanukkah, a, uh, a time of miracles, a, uh, a, special, a special time on the Jewish calendar, and spending it in a region of the world that, frankly, most people would never have dreamt of spending Hanukkah? Look, for me, it's not my first time there right. uh, in, in the region of Hanukkah. In fact, one of my favorite stories that when I first met the King of Bahrain, when I met His Majesty in the palace in 2011, it was for Hanukkah. And I wanted to bring him a gift from New York, and I literally combed the city to find a menorah that would be appropriate. And I actually found a menorah where each candle holder had a crown on it. Mm. And I looked at this menorah and said, my God, you know, this is a bullseye. Thank you, God. I can't believe such a menorah exists. And I slept it all the way with me from New York. Then I had to go to uh, Dubai. I had to go to Qatar. I end up in Bahrain. And the big day arrives, and I come to the palace, and he's there with his family. And I said, you know, you know Your Majesty, I have this uh, very beautiful gift for you. It's menorah, as we're celebrating Hanukkah. And he looks at me and says, Rabbi, Rabbi, it's such a beautiful uh, you know, gift, but what is Hanukkah? And I had to be really quick. I said, Your Majesty, 
It's a story of an oil shortage. Thank God you don't have that problem. <laughs> all right. So that's probably my favorite Hanukkah story of all times. And whenever I am at the palace with the king, you know, he always points to the menorah and says, remember, we don't have an oil shortage problem here in Bahrain. That's why he never heard of the holiday. Is it hard for you? To, well, I, sh- I should say this differently. Um, look, you know, you know, you know what the American mindset is like, and you certainly know what the American Jewish mindset is like. Uh, I think it's hard for a lot of people to, you know, the way we grew up, you know, knowing what what the uh, what the Arab nations meant to us in terms of uh, um, uh, hatred toward Israel, and that certainly, you know, in that era when we grew up, that was the uh, that was the bottom line that you know uh, Jews were not beloved by Arabs. In fact. Um, uh, just the opposite. Uh, and now I think a lot of Jews uh, all around the world, but especially here in the U.S. because of the Accords, are discovering that there is such a large group of moderate Arabs, such a large group of of, of um, Arab nations, Arab states, that want to live in peace. And I think for a lot of people, it, the way we grew up, I think it's hard for us to grasp that and to understand that. Do you find that that's a re-education that's necessary, that we need to realize that there's a significant population among the Arab population that really means it when they say they want to live in peace? Great question. And this is something that I've been hammering away for years now, because this goes way beyond the Arab-Israeli conflict. It really comes down to relations between Muslims and Jews. There are 1.6 billion Muslims in the world, and 16 million Jews. In fact, among the Muslim population, the Muslim Arabs living in the Middle East only make up 18% of the greater Muslim population. So for me, it goes way beyond, um, you know, Arab-Israeli relations. You know, the real challenge was to always find the path to narrow the gap and divide the chasm between Muslims and Jews. And yet there are no two other faith communities that have more in common than Muslims and Jews. You know, I often speak of our common faith and our common fate, and how our single destiny must strengthen our bonds of concern, compassion, caring for each other. And that's why I am particularly thrilled and so honored with my upcoming trip The fact that they're taking this book that I co-authored five, six years ago, Random House is my uh, publisher, The Sons of Abraham, I co-authored with uh, one who is really the chief imam of New York, uh, Imam Shamsi Ali. And it is a book that gives you the textual understanding and knowledge to recognize, you know, the, the the commonalities between Muslims and Jews, because it's one thing on the leadership level. I'm thrilled, fifty thousand Israelis, you are going to visit uh, Dubai and and Abu Dhabi and and Bahrain, but we need to bring this message down to the pews in terms of the masses, and the fact that they are developing curriculum, student guides around this book to then teach the next generation how close our two faiths, our our two religions, our two peoples are, that to me is priceless. This has to go way beyond 
the political victory, there must be a greater understanding and cooperation between Muslims and Jews on the um, level of the masses. Well said. Uh, the book is called Sons of Abraham. Right? Mark Schneier is the president of the Foundation for Ethnic Understanding and, of course, the founding rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue. Looking forward to seeing you in uh, Dubai next week. And as usual, we thank you for your comments and commentary about all this. It's always a pleasure to have you on the air. Nachum, as we'd say, looking forward, or as we'd say in the region, inshallah. <laughs> inshallah is right. Thank you, Rabbi. Always great speaking to you. Rabbi Mark Schneider on a Monday morning broadcast here at JM of the AM. More coming up. Our broadcasts from Dubai, from the UAE. They're happening Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week. And I certainly hope you'll all be tuned in and uh, be ready to uh, hear about the Jewish community of the UAE. Pretty amazing. More coming up here at JM in the AM.